Alright, let's start the process of transferring tape 2, Saturday, April 13th, 2013. Supermarket, and when I get up there, supermarket, and when I get up there, people have not realized that I've got it full of envelopes and packages for my family, and um, so I, and when I say my family, I mean our Saturday night family. When I start emptying this thing onto the counter, it's like. Those poor people, you know. <laughs> it's a career. A high rolling going on. But it is. It is. You know, I just kind of sneak up there. I don't carry them. I put them in this tote, and people think I'm so sweet and innocent and have one envelope. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I fooled you. I fooled you. So, all right, we are in the market for courtesies that we never see anymore or ones we wish would come back. Well, my pet peeve along those lines would be, it seems like here in the Michigan area where I drive, nobody uses a turn signal anymore. <laughs> well, you so know what? When the Michigan people... And you've got no indication, then all of a sudden, boom, they'll turn or they'll stop or whatever. And it's like, you know, it would have been nice if you just activated that signal so I'd know what you were going to do next. Maybe they don't know what they're going to do. Well, I hope to tell you. Michigan is one of the states that sends a lot of visitors to us each year. And you are so right. People who do use their directionals, people from the north Midwest, when they do use their directional signals, they're already into the turn. And I'm serious. They have already started to make a turn when the turn signal goes on. Well, there's another Michigan-related traffic thing that they call the Michigan Roll, which is a lot of these folks come to a stop sign or a well, stop light, and they're there a while, and they're anticipating that any second now it's going to turn from red to green. So slowly they start creeping into the intersection. Oh boy! I've, I've seen <laughs> I've seen a lot of people who were pretty much under the stoplight before it actually did turn green. So. Yikers. Yeah. Yikers. That's pushing it. I thought the Michigan rule was like the <clears> one that just, it, it, you know, they just slow down if they're still going full speed ahead. You know. Oh, it's a, then yeah. we call that a rolling stop. Yeah. Right. It, it's right. true. You know, you get to a stop sign and just kind of roll through it. That's a rolling stop. Well, and you'll get a ticket for it anyway. Never quite stopped. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. How about social courtesies? We were talking about hats in restaurants and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that. I have noticed that, uh, like uh, Walden said, I believe it was, um, you haven't seen men in uh, fedoras since no. the 50s, but now it's a baseball cap world. And I, like you, Patricia, I'm a little shall we say, disappointed by the guys that walk around with it on their head backwards. Mm -hmm. a, couple of, a couple of years ago, it got even worse when a lot of the really young men, like in their 20s, started wearing it sideways on their heads. Sideways? That created a problem for me because every time I see something like that, I, my mind immediately 
pictures Jerry Lewis in any one of his movies. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. There's a cartoon character who wears his hat sideways, too. Right. And I, I'm thinking, you know, this isn't a really good look for you young <laughs> men. And if somebody takes a picture of you with your hat on sideways like that, about 30 years from now when you look at it, you're going to wince. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I hope they, they wince. I hope they don't want to show their kids that kind of a picture. You know, one of the things that just came into my mind with the baseball caps on backwards is tigers, tigers in India. And I guess Siberian tigers, I guess the entire tiger community has big white spots on the backs of their ears. Mm -hmm. And it is thought to be a camouflage um a feature, a camouflage feature, so that whatever is behind them thinks the tiger is looking at them. Yep, yep. So maybe people think if they wear their caps backwards, the one behind them will think he's looking at them. Although I think most of us know anatomy a little bit better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, you, when, when your feet point in the other direction, it's a dead giveaway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so hats in restaurants. We don't want baseball hats in restaurants. And what else? Oh. Maybe just uh, the common courtesy of when you have to pass by someone and maybe you, like, uh, if you're in a narrow aisle in a drugstore or something, and so you mm -hmm. pass pretty closely by them. Nobody seems to say excuse me anymore, you know? I mean, it's, it's not that big a deal, but it, I, I liked it better when people at least made that effort. I, I agree. I agree. One of the things that hasn't come up yet is table manners. Walden, I know you've said so many times that your mom is a real uh -huh. stickler yeah, on table yeah, manners. Yeah. I mean, you know, chewing with your mouth full, with, um, you know, you never you use a you napkin. Can't, you can't have your elbows on the table. And eating. chewing with your, you know, talking with your mouth full yeah. and just, you know, things that you just wouldn't find. You don't, in, you don't reach over the table. That's right. You don't you take say, it, pass it, it, please. You don't take a fork and spare something off the table. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> depends on what it is. If it's watermelon, you're in trouble. <laughs> I, I will. I will steal the watermelon. You know, you wait. You wait till the paint gets packed over to you before you pick up the item, or you're going to pick it up. But you don't. Uh huh. Now that's assuming the people before you are courteous enough not to have emptied the plate. <laughs> so you better save me until last. Depending on what it is. Also, I mentioned this last week. The term "no problem," or maybe it wasn't last week. It was with Larry when um, you and Larry and I were on the phone one night. Right. In this area, when people say, thank you, I appreciate it, the other person says, no problem. Well, if I thought it was a problem, I wouldn't have asked you. Or, I mean, what kind of an answer is that? I brought some goodies to my accountant's office today. And, you know, it's a big deal. You know, I spent $5 on muffins. And it just makes them smile. And she said, thank you so much. Now, the average person would have said, when I say average, the most common response would have been, no problem. <laughs> well, what kind of an answer is that? 
I guess so, it's supposed to be like a nonchalant. That's okay. I mean, I guess that's what they're trying to... Oh, I suppose. I mean, even I even it's okay isn't great, but it's better than no problem. And, and waitresses say this, wait staff, no problem. Uh, could I have a ketchup, please? No problem. Wow. Well, of course, it better not be <laughs> my waitress, you know? <laughs> so that one, that one disturbs me. Are there any expressions that are regional to Michigan? Oh, let's see here. Um, my mom can't use, cannot like me using the word ain't. Oh it's, my gosh! It's, it's not, it's not in the dictionary. Oh, I noticed. Uh, I spend a lot of time listening to talk radio, uh-huh. and it seems like, uh, at least on the particular station I listen to, people will call in and they'll express an opinion on whatever the subject at hand is at that given moment, and seems like. There'll always come a point where they have made maybe one point, and now they're going to make another point. And it seems like everybody around here says, having said that, and then they go on with whatever else. Or that being said, blah, 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 you know, and it's like, it's become so prevalent. I notice it now, you know. And there is a function for that phrase. Well, it's it's the other side of the coin. Instead of saying on the other side of the coin, you say right. that being said, here's the other side to the story. But, but right. I, I, I think a phrase that is not being used as much like it was ten to fifteen years is you know, you know, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know him. That was... You and I will talk about that later. <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Okay, old-time radio. Kenneth, what have you listened to this week? Oh, let's see. Well, today, like I say, it was uh, Adventures by Morris. Uh, on the marathon, they had uh, Jack Webb show. They had an Jack Webb. With Jack Webb. Uh, then they had a audition show that apparently never made it onto the air. It's called Three for Adventure, which was Jack Webb, Barton Yarborough, and I've forgotten the third uh, gentleman that was were the stars of that show. Uh, and the other night I listened to one of what's become one of my favorite shows, and that's uh, Pat Kovac for Hire. It starts right off with the opening. You hear these echoey footsteps along the tiers of San Francisco, and then Jack Webb says, Sure. I know that. And it just strikes me as funny. It's like, sure. I'll be sure. Pat I'm Pat Novak. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's a great show. I love that show. Yeah, because of all those crazy little things he says in almost every sentence. Like the one I was listening to, uh, it was nighttime and it was raining along the... Uh, boat sheds on the pier, and he said the rain was making kind of a quiet, private sound on the roofs of the sheds, sort of like the sound a woman makes when she runs her fingernail along her nylon stocking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, the metaphors were fabulous. The metaphors and the similes were just fabulous. The one that sticks in my mind forever it will be there is one line he said, it was as easy as putting a smoke ring in your pocket. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just love that. What a picture that is. That's a good. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but I get excited with these metaphors oh, yeah. and the and the similes. They are so good. They're so another, good. Campy, really campy stuff, but fun. Yeah, another great line in that episode I was listening to the other night was um, he was talking to I think uh, a policeman, and uh, they were arguing, and the policeman said, "I don't believe you," and. Uh, Pat Novak said, I don't care whether you believe me or not, I'm not starting a new religion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then who was the writer for Pat Novak, or Uh, writers? Well, it was one guy, and I'm drawing a blank of his name. He he was the one that wrote the audition for uh, Dragnet. And I'm... Uh, Hold on, let me see here. It should pop open Dunning's book. That's what I'm doing. Write this very ever minute. Painted, Palmolive, Party. His style of writing was sort of what got. That really put um, Jack Webb on the map. Richard Green. Correct. Richard Breen, that's the guy. And then it says um, Gil Dowd. Gil Dowd took of, over. Sam, of Sam Spade. Gil Dowd took over. Yeah, hmm. Gil Dowd. And, and, now, was it Pat Novak or um, what's the other one? Jeff Reagan. Yeah. Jeff Reagan had. Jet Webb was the second Jeff Reagan. Is that correct? He was the first. And then, see, the show. Now, he went there first, and then he left, and they, they came up with a, another gentleman to take over for um, for Jack. Okay, all right. Well, I'm sorry. I got them mixed up, well, but I, I was surprised I, when I heard the second voice, and he wasn't very good. No, but... And, Forgive me. Uh, Who was it? Uh, Jack Webb leave uh, Jeff Regan to do, start doing Dragnet? Is that what... I think... It, it, I'm trying to remember. It was either... I think Johnny Medell's in there too somewhere. I think. I you think, might be right. It might yeah, be like Regan to do Madero. Yeah, I'm trying. I think. I think Pat Novak was the first one he did because I was based out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then I think he did Jeff Regan. He left that one for Johnny Medell. And then uh, they made the jump and picked the idea for Drag That. And I think that's, that's the way it goes. Um, it probably would be... Um, okay, it was, yeah, go ahead. Um, it, it, looks like, it looks like it was Pat Novak who cast Jack Webb as Reagan, Jeff Reagan, and then under Pat Novak, and has Jack Webb as Pat Novak, and... Um, Ben Morris as Pat Novak right. after 1947. Right, because I knew Pat Novak was the first one because I was strictly San Francisco based. Yeah, and Jeff Reagan was Jack Webb straight ahead. So now I have to find out when Johnny Madero Johnny fit in here. What yeah. about Pete Kelly's Blues? Where did that fit in? I was in the 50s after Janet was already going, and he tried that on radio around 51, 52, but he went ahead and put together the movie in, I think, in 54 or 55. Johnny Madero, Pier 23, and that was April through September of 
and Jeff Reagan was 1948, and Pat Novak was 46 to 47. So, okay, um, so you went from Novak to, to Reagan to Medill? That what we're looking at Looks like... It looks like, well, it's just got 46 to 47 for Pat Novak, but it's only uh, about six months for Johnny Madero. So let's say Pat Novak was first, Madero was second, second and Reagan. Jeff Reagan was third. Yeah. Now I have to find Pete Kelly's blues. All of these, by the way, um, as I'm jabbering around here, are Jack Webb detective shows or detective crime shows. Um. And when they made the movie version of Pete Kelly's Blues, one of the other actors in it was Martin Milner, who oh. was one of the two uh, stars oh. of Adam 12 TV series from that role. One of, the, one of the cop shows, Pete Kelly's Blues. Yeah. All right, 51. 51. And I think oh, my gosh, it was only from July to September of 1951. Yeah, it took a summer deal. And then in the movie, I think it was 54 or 55. And I, and I think, I think Peggy Lee's in that. It doesn't say what Pete Kelly's blues filled in for in the summer slot. Does it show a time, one night a week? Yeah, hold on. Um, nope. Oh, yeah, um, NBC, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Um, well, that's tr that would typically... That was typically uh, Great Joe's for you Wednesday night, but I don't remember what time. They, they were, t um, Fibber was on quite late, and I think Gildersleeve was as well. It was like, you know, 10 o'clock, 9.30 mm -hmm. for Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Mm -hmm. That was so late. I mean, kids didn't stay up that late. Even people, regular, honest-to-goodness mom-and-dad people go to bed before then now. But uh, people here, stayed up they, late. But out here, it was 6 o'clock. Remember, they, only, they didn't do an East Coast, West Coast run. Oh, so if they did it any earlier, they'd be into the kids' shows. Well, or, or, okay, it, there, was a, in, in the, there was that sweet spot in radio where you didn't, you didn't, you weren't messing around with a repeat. And I yeah. Guess, and I guess that was, yeah. the, that was that 6 West Coast, 9 o'clock Eastern uh -huh. was part of that band. Yeah. But if they did it any earlier, if they did like 9.30 on the East Coast, if they did it at 8.30 on the East Coast, that would mean on the West Coast they're trouncing in the middle of Superman and all the kids' stuff. Right. How about that? All right. Well, Kenneth, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready? I mean, you don't have to answer anything before you get Jack Webb, but in order to get anything else, including Pat Novak, you have to answer a question. Okay. All right. Who was Sadie Marks? That was uh, the mother of the Marks brothers, right? Wrong. Oh. Gotcha. Her name was spelled M-A-R-K-S, not M-A-R-X, which I should have told you at the beginning. Sadie Marks. If I tell you who she was married to, you'd know right away. Um, let me make another guess here. She was okay. a, a distant cousin of the Marsh Brothers. Gracie no, Allen? she wasn't. She oh. wasn't. Oh. She wasn't a relative at all. Okay. They spell their name differently. Okay. Go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Gracie Allen. Nope. Oh, well. 
good, she married a, Benjamin Kubelski. A good friend of Gracie Allen. Oh, okay. It was uh, Mary uh, Livingston. There Mary, you go. Uh, very good. Sadie Marks is not a name you hear very often. It was familiar, though, to me, but apparently not familiar enough. It took me three tries. But what are you going to do? I know. Well, Walden, he, um, the, the Marks family and one of the Marks brothers were friends, but they weren't relatives, which yeah. surprised me. Well, I remember, and that's been one of the old things. You seen books years ago. You seen some quote a cousin or whatever. Then mm-hmm. more people. When you get to somebody like Laura Laff who do really good research, then you they debunk some of those great myths. You know. Yes, yes, and you know some of them were so romantic <laughs> that you hate to see them go. But you're right. Laura is such a good researcher, and she really puts together the good stuff. That's the Jack Benny fan club. And what is the the Jack Benny, it's called jackbennyfanclub.org? The International Jack Benny Fan Club was jackbenny.org. Jackbenny.org. Is that what you just said? Yep. Oh, cool. You won, okay. a, you won a prize. <laughs> I don't win a prize. <laughs> okay, Kenneth, what would you like? Um, do you and have I've any got... episodes of The Green Llama? I think, um, well, I know I have, boy, I hope they weren't trashed on the old computer. I have, what, how many were, were saved, Walden? Four? About four or five. That's about it. <clears throat> yeah, and that's what I have. Is that what you'd like? Yes, please. I have the audition show for that uh, program, which should have told me. Before I even ask you, there probably weren't a whole lot of them laying around. But uh. um, it's really a shame because it's one of the the fun shows, you know. It's a, but you know, it's it's similar, I thought, to the Green Hornet, where the two of them had, um, you know, kind of magical powers and a houseboy, an Oriental houseboy. I think it was Oriental. Walden, the Green Llama's houseboy was. <clears throat> was what, Indian? Uh, Oriental? I, I thought he was from the Midwest. Really? <laughs> oh, what? See, you got me again, didn't you? Oh, wow. Well. No, okay. no, definitely, uh, definitely uh, Far East. There's no doubt about that. It's in- Indian, I believe, Patricia. All right, yeah. somewhere. All right, well, I feel better now. <laughs> the Green Llama. Let me see here. Ken, I'm sorry, you were saying? I think it was the Green Llama was often uh, also compared with the Shadow. The Shadow, that's right. Because he went to the Far East and that's learned right. all these the mind power techniques. And all right, now who with the Green Llama, everybody? Paul Free. There you go. Actually, there's a gossamer thin connection between the Green Llama and Dragnet, or one of the TV episodes of Dragnet uh, that was on in the '60s, the color. TV episodes. There was an episode of the last go-around of TV Dragnet Mm -hmm. where they were working the all-night shift and people were just being brought in all night long and every case was different. And they brought in a young man who was wearing a Nehru jacket and love beads and he kept (laughs) chanting, 
kept chanting this phrase, Om Mani Padme Um. <laughs> and uh, in that episode, it was supposed to be that he had, along with everything else that young people seem to be into in the late 60s, he was into the Eastern religion. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm the uh, Green Lama. That was a phrase that the, the Green Lama always said for some reason. I don't know what would happen when he would say it, but it was definitely a catchphrase for his. So when years, I'd seen this episode of Dragnet years ago and many times since. And then maybe 10 years ago, I heard the only episode I have of the Green Lama. When I heard, oh, money, pod me, oh, my butt. <laughs> There goes Jack Webb with his uh, old-time radio connections again. You, you got it really well. <laughs> That's good. Well, you're starting to sound more like Ken right now. Okay. I'm kind of thawing out a little here. Oh, well, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Kenneth. Well, okay, I will dig up the Green Llama and uh, drop him on a disc and put him into the mail for you. And don't forget, Ken, send me, a, send me a, a, a send message on the Skype thing. I will do that. I appreciate that. And I will email the two Jack Webb shows. Boy, this has been a very successful encounter tonight. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of comments. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Well, Ken, I'm so glad you called. It's been forever since you have given us a call. I'm glad you did. Yeah, uh, I, I keep telling myself i got to do this every Saturday night. Ah, I always good. listen, so while I'm listening, I might as well talk. There you go. I'm glad. I am really glad. Thank you for doing that. And you all behave yourself now, or try. Uh, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. You have a great night. Okay. Bye-bye. Be good. Bye. All right. There you go, buddy. Ken, go. 714-545. Nobody going to call? 2071. Seven. What? Seven. I have a piece. Hurry, hurry, seven. hurry. No, not 2777. <laughs> 2071. I have a piece of information for you. Hurry, hurry. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. You just blockaded Patricia. Oh, well, long here. I am. My name is Charlie. Kinder from Seattle. Charlie, well, oh, well, have Charlie, you been? we haven't heard from you forever. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I mean, oh my goodness, and you didn't even think we'd remember you. I, I was trying. I've been waiting for the last hour and a half trying to get on. <laughs> I took a bath and then to come back. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> my main reason for calling yeah. is besides talking to you guys. I want to know about Kim Bragg, Bill's wife. How is she? She's doing a lot better. I talked to her about two weeks ago. Um, you know, she's been fighting a lot of serious headaches, but they're not as bad. Good. And uh, she, you know, she's hanging pretty well. I, I think, I think uh, everything I'll know for sure, because mostly Bill and Kim are going to come out to California huh. next month, of it, and they're burning my new board. Which is about time, because... I found another problem just yesterday with this board. Now, two, oh dear. two pots are going out. So, Bill! Bill! Bill hurry! Are you listening? Come! Come! Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> I've, been, I've been praying for Kim. Uh, well, that's a good thing, because she needs, she always asks for a lot of prayers, and, and I think it's helping her, because, uh, poor thing, she's really gone through a lot 
um, especially losing her grandma and then all the health challenges. She's yeah. just, it's well, been tough. Mr. Bill, of course, too. Oh, yeah. 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 I, 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 the only reason I call on the weekends is because I, I've got a cell phone that has uh, three uh, minutes on evening and weekends. <laughs> there you go. That's why I don't call during the weekends. Well, I, I, aren't you on Skype? I think I've seen you on Skype. Well, not anymore. I'm having trouble. Ah, We're okay. Having years, uh, they always jack up the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the system or the, the uh, what do you call it? The computer, your your computer well, rates or something? Yeah, the, the Skype uh, program, and, and they're, they're, I have to go with Skype DW, and I don't understand what that means. But That's unusual. I don't know what that means either. My uh, music, my car, my uh, business partner mm -hmm. lets, lets me use Skype. I've been on Skype. I don't know what Skype uh, uh, jacked up their system and made them upgrades of some kind. Well, right now, if you upgrade up to, to the current version, it's really nice, and it's very, it's very blind-friendly for people like you and I. Yeah. It really, it? It, it, it make it more, more, make it more easier to work. So. Yeah. If, I, if I have my friend, she's a Christian, she's in New York. If I ever call you guys and talk to you about it, because she. Yeah. Yeah. I I asked her. I don't know. She said. Yeah. Tell her. If she's on Skype, have her just go to Walden Hughes. Okay. And just send me an invite, and we can do it, and we can talk through it. You bet. Good. Okay. Walden Hughes. Uh huh. How do you spell Hughes? H u g h e s. H u g h e s and Walden W a l d e n. Walden Hughes. Uh huh. And that's what. That's it. It's on Skype, all uh, all you have to do is send me an invite. Walden Hughes. That's. I'm a, I'm the only one on Skype like that. Walden Hughes. Uh huh. Well, I'll tell her because I'd like to. She and I talked on Skype quite a bit, and it's much easier to understand people when they're on Skype. Yeah. Like, almost like they're in the room. Yeah, it's terrific. Yes, it it's is. It's terrific. Well, Kirsha, how you getting along, Kirsha? I am doing just fine. Walden is picking on me and keeping, he keeps saying, are you on Skype yet? Are you going to get on Skype? And Larry does the same thing. Nah. Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't pick on me. They just want to know when I'm going to do it. You find that uh, you get on Skype, it's just like the person's in the, in the same room with you. I know. These guys have told me that. You talk so, to my new in Europe, it's just like they're in the same room. I talk to my friend in New York, it's like she's in the, the same room. Well, really? What we, what we got to do is make it portable for Patricia, because she likes to stand up and move around sometimes. So, we, so what we got to do is that way she's got a little portable headset to go with her. <laughs> and that way she... <laughs> Okay. Weren't there some some baseball guys announcers who would have a microphone that they hung around their neck like a metal? Uh huh. Yeah. And they could walk around with it. Yep. Can I have one of them? Yes, you can. Yeah, tell uh, tell Vince Scully or somebody get you. <laughs> there you go. I, I there you go. <laughs> All right, that's your homework assignment, Charlie. <laughs> he's, he's the only one I can think of. Of course, uh, the guy we used to like, who's now a legend. And he's since passed away as Dave Niehaus. Yeah, that's true. He used to be the former Angel announcer before he went up to Seattle. Yeah, well, he was what? He was the Angel broadcaster before he moved oh. to Seattle. Well, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he was he was good. He was the voice of the Mariners, I think. He, uh, he sure was. He, he really was. And, of course, like uh, Steve Rabel is the voice of the Seahawks. Yep. Yep, true. That's true. Well, I won't keep you guys. I just want to call and say hi and find out about Kim. Well, I'd love to ask you a question and send you some radio shows. Okay, let's see what, what, what you what, what uh, find here. 
Let's see what I can come up with here. What is your favorite type of show? Oh, uh, I, I like the, uh, some of the westerns. I like, of course, Jones of the Yukon, and, uh, and uh, I like westerns like Gunsmoke and Lone Ranger and Luke Slaughter and those guys. My goodness. Okay. I will dig up something really good here. Okay. I, I do um, like some, de some detective. I like uh, Bull Venture and uh, Mitchell's uh, Dangerous Assignment mm -hmm. and uh, Bulldog Grumman. I do believe, now I'm stretching my brain, but I think I sent you Bull Venture and um, Dangerous Assignment. And if I didn't, I've got both of them. Okay. Who played Marshall Dillon on the radio? Oh, come on. Give me one of the tough. <laughs> well, never mind then. Hold on. <laughs> Just never mind. Just never mind. All right. Who was the voice of um, Paladin on radio? Oh, oh that, that, that's a little, little uh, I stopped thinking about that. The voice of Paladin, the, uh, yeah. That was John Daner. Oh, right. Very good. Was that a little bit more difficult? Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll, a little, little bit more than my <laughs> let, Let's go for a really tough one, everybody. What radio show did Gunsmoke first appeared on? Say that again? Gunsmoke, uh, they tried Gunsmoke as an audition huh? before he ever had his own show. What show did they appear on first? I don't know. What, what um, I'm not quite sure of the, okay. of the question. Okay, the, the, the Gunsmoke started in 1952. Right. Television. Radio. Radio? Radio. 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 Okay. They, oh, tried it, they tried it out on another show before it gave it own time slot. Oh, I don't know. I want to know what show that was. If you guys don't know, I'll leave it out for the audience to figure that Did one out. Did you have out. any audience? Yeah, but that was 1949. Three years, they tried it out three years before. Wow. So I'll throw that out to the audience if they can figure that one out. <coughs> now, uh, what time do you guys, let's see, let's see what time I've got here in Seattle. I've got 9.39, so yep. what time do you guys go up, 10.30 or? We're going to go off until about 3 in the morning. Okay, well, I ain't going to stay around that long. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're funny. Well, what would you like me to... If, what not, would you like... if not, I'll have Patricia email you the answer, if, if, if we haven't done that. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I have... My email is not running, so... Oh. Right now, so I need, need to work on my email, so... All right, so um, what I have to do then is when I send you some CDs... Is it the same address? Or do you still live at the same place, Charles? Yeah, yes, I do. Okay, do so I will, I will send you the answer in your envelope. How's that? <laughs> he comes up, Charlie, he comes up with the darndest things. Okay, what would you like me to send? Well, that's a good question. Um, how about some uh, Bull Venture? I like that. Okay. And do you have any Bulldog Drummond? I do. Okay, I'll some of those. Okay, you will have. I will send you both. We're so happy to hear from you. Well, thank you. I like I said, I waited to get in, and I thought, well, funny, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad to hear about Kim. Tell Kim and Bill that I'm. I will. I will do that. Okay, you guys take care and have a good one. You too. Thank you, Charlie. Bye bye. Bye. Kim, such an early ride here for now. We get called up and say, hey.
Your fans are calling you, Kale. Your fans are calling you. That was so nice to hear from Charlie. We haven't, oh my gosh, it's it must be two years. years. Yeah. Yep. It must be two years. So, Charlie, I'm so glad you're not a stranger. And honest to goodness, how could you think we wouldn't remember who you were? 714-545-2071. Give us a ring. We're here. And now I can give you my piece of information, right? Wrong. Right? I, I don't hear the phone ring. I think oh, cool. Safe. Okay. I think I'm back. Safe. I'm back to the Green Llama. Yeah. His faithful servant, they called him, his faithful servant was Tulku from Tibet. Now it now it goes jingling. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, what's a surprise for me? Ben Wright played. Yeah, I, I uh, that rings a bell to me that Ben Wright played that kid. Ben, I think Ben did a lot of different dialects. Oh my gosh, he was great. He was Hey Boy in Paladin, mm-hmm. and now he's showing up here, and he did one episode of Sherlock Holmes, was it? Oh, no, 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 it was, um... Well, he pinched it, but he also was, he also was, he also had a long run at Sherlock Holmes in the late 40s, too. He wasn't a regular character, was he? Yes, he was. He, because Sherlock Holmes had five different versions in America. Right. And he, he, he had a run in the late 40s at Sherlock Holmes. We don't have, we don't have any of that particular run. I don't think we have his. We only have the time, we have the time when he made a, a substitute guest shot. A substitute. I have one of Ben Wright doing an audition for a show that he didn't get. Do you remember which show that is? I do not. Ben Wright, folks, was so good that he worked the New York Times crossword puzzle in pen in his radio rehearsals. I love that. I love that. Well, then I think it was Paladin. I think he auditioned for Paladin. Well, you can hear his voice in the auditions. They had different people try for the part, but you had him in each of the audition uh, at one of the bit players. As one of the bit players, but my PS here, I'll I'll shove when we play a show later. Mm-hmm. I'll dig out the um, Paladin, the Have Gun Will Travel shows, and see what's in there. I can do that while we're talking. Um, honest to goodness, I think because it but was a you, great you, surprise you, for me to yeah. see his name come up in an audition. But yeah, he was the one that would introduce um, the different auditions. You could hear Ben Wright do that. Right. But honest to goodness, I, my brain is telling me that he was actually auditioning for the role of Paladin. Is that possible? I don't think so. I think that was Harry Bartell, John Daner, and another gentleman. I um, I can't think of it right off the bat, but he was in those shows as Hey Boy mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Vic, Vic Parent, the other one that were trying out for it, and then you know hmm. once once you heard John Daner, the game was over. For I can oh turn. goodness gracious, indeed. You know, indeed. Yeah. My gosh. Oh my goodness. I had a note from. <sighs> Ivan, Ivan, um, out in California, 
and we were talking about, uh, he was talking about uh, the children's stories, the narrations of children's stories that he has coming up on the show. And um, some of them were really interesting, and it, it has always surprised me that some of our actors and actresses who are in such highly identifiable roles wound up doing some children's work. And the two that were always most surprising to me were um, Basil Rathbone and Boris Karloff. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I think Basil Rathbone is about the worst children's narrator I have ever in my entire life come across. Absolutely dreadful. So Just when, dreadful. So when we talk to his offspring, you're going to mention that in the interview. I'm going to mention that in the interview. <laughs> I mean, oh dear me. You know, I mean, but really, there were some things that he just, and Scrooge, he played Scrooge one year. Uh -huh. It was awful. No, it was not Lionel Barrymore. I, I, I'll grant you that. Good grief. It wasn't even Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. Yep. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Okay, so you better give out the phone number again before I start talking. I don't think anybody's going to call tonight. I think we're done. We can go to bed. 714-545-2071. Nobody's going to call. Everybody's been protesting that they haven't gotten able to get in. This is your opportunity. And I, I guess nobody cares. Finally, somebody, somebody cares. Finally. Finally. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, it's Kurt from La Habra. There you go, you can. Well, hiya, Kurt. How are you? Uh, well, okay, but uh, we had some something really bad happen on Monday. Mm. Uh-oh. Um, um, Kathy went to the doctor and came back from the doctor, and while getting out of the car, she uh, tripped and fell, and she mm. broke... Actually, it was her leg, not her hip, but <gasps> he's uh, in the hospital, and she'll be there. Well, we think we'll be, she'll be there for two weeks because that's all the time that she's got on her insurance, but he also turns 65 on May the 2nd, and so her, her Medicare may kick in, so we don't mm -hmm. know, but um, anyway, um, I... Uh, the the thing is, uh, in fact, I saw her today. Went down there and saw her today in uh, Cyprus, uh, Anaheim. But um, um, because um, you know, there's nobody here, and I can do my. Wait a minute. Is, is she going to want the whole thing at the whole in Irvine? No. Okay. Well, she she ended up at she ended up at uh, St. Jude. Okay. Okay. And so she was at St. Jude, and then they transferred her from St. Jude to this other place in Anaheim without calling us and telling us, of course. No. Oh, boy. So we're calling the hospital, and they're saying, well, no, she's not in the hospital anymore. Yeah, she checked out and took her bags and left. She yeah. left, and yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, you know. Um, and um, so because I'm just here by myself, and... Um, I, you know, just was doing the stuff that I was doing. Um, I just uh, had some dinner when I got back from seeing her, and then I fell asleep, and now I just woke up. So, 
Uh, oh, wow. Does she have any information about what you talked about last week, and is the, the fracture related to the vitamin D levels? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think it was just a um, just a bad fall, you know. Um, I We, you know, we don't know, actually. I don't think they really, they didn't really seem um, to check a lot of the stuff that, you know, I would have thought that, that they should have checked into. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm hearing you correctly, she does not have any additional information yet about what the doctor was talking with her about last week? Well, apparently all of her results, they said all of her results were normal, but they also did a, uh, an abdominal ultrasound this week uh, and because she was having some, some bleeding in the hospital and uh, they did not give her the results of that when she left. But we, mm -hmm. don't know how, we don't know how that's doing. Oh, my goodness. What an upside-down week for you. I am so sorry, no, Kurt. Just, I mean, it's one of those things, and it's, you know, I mean, obviously it's it's a lot worse for her, you know. Um, and um, so, you know, this is, I mean, for me, I mean, you know, the person that it's happening to, it's bad. But but the the but what I've learned in my sojourns through the medical profession are it's actually more difficult for the for the people on you know on the outside on yeah the outside because all they can do is watch and they can't change it mm -hmm. and, and they can change it and it it comes with a dual responsibility I mean I I, I want to say this in a way that it doesn't come out crooked. But a person in a healthcare setting has things done for them. Right. Things are taken care of that the person on the outside has to do for himself, plus make sure that the care level is fine with the person who's in the, in the facility, that you get to visit. So there are a lot of additional stressors on the person who's outside not yeah. on the inside that's correct. so I hope I, I hope that came out yeah no that's exactly that's that's exactly right um, that's exactly right so um, but anyway I'm you know uh, continuing on I mean obviously there's nothing else that we can do and, yeah uh, but mm. you know anyway um, uh, have I have I missed a question this evening so far? Do you have a question? That we I have a theme. Okay. We have a theme, and I think you're a very good person to address it. Correct. He is. Yeah. This is right down his alley. I want to know the courtesies, the niceties, the etiquette things that we don't see anymore. Uh, well, I know. For myself, my parents always enforced uh, the yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. And I mean, we were always taught, and I obviously still continue with that, as I think that most that anybody that you deal with is your um, respect. And a lot of the people that we deal with these days. Uh, don't think that anybody is deserving of respect, mm -hmm. and so they they don't treat them. You know, they don't treat older people with the respect they have come to deserve, and uh, they don't. 
I mean, and, and we, they don't, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of kids don't respect their parents. And, and uh, they're, they're not taught that they should respect their parents. And they get away, they say stuff that, that, you know, if you had said it to your parents, you'd be across the room someplace, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and uh, so I, I think it's, I, I think that's one of the things that really has hurt our society. Yeah. And it, it, it just occurred to me now, as um, as you and I are talking about this, that I've come across people I don't respect for a number of reasons. I don't respect, but I will be respectful. Yes, I'll be polite. I'll, I, right, and I you're right, and I think I think it's a question of of I think it's a question of treating everybody. Uh, the way they should be treated, whether they deserve it or not, mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm, I, the thought occurred to me as you were talking that when you said older people are not necessarily treated with respect, I'm anticipating because of our culture today. I would anticipate an answer. Well, I don't respect her. Why should I treat her with respect? And my answer then would be, well, you don't have to respect her, but you do have to be polite and treat her respectfully. So, right. I, I, you know, I wonder with kids today if if we're doing them a disservice by not differentiating the two. Yes. What do you think? I think perhaps we are. Um, yeah. Walden, what do you think? I think the way I look at it, um, I can't control somebody else if I respect them or not, but I wanted to have a demeanor of being classy. I think showing class and grace is always shows upon the person who has it. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think class and grace um it's such a it's such an obvious um mm-hmm. common courtesy that it's very noticeable. So when you don't have somebody that's respectful, or you don't respect, but you treat them with class. Class, I think it stands out. You know. Yeah, it's more of a reflection on you than uh-huh. um, trying to create an image of respect right. for the other person. Right. They have to stand on their own. They, their behavior doesn't intrude on how you treat them. I hmm. mean, I think, I think, uh, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, Dennis Prager, who I enjoy as a talk show radio host, pointed out, and I think it's true, you can tell a, a, the character of a person is how they treat uh, people who are necessarily um, don't re- deserve your respect, or don't, um, you know, they're, they're servants. In other words, if they treat somebody who is a waits on your table in a restaurant, really well, treats him very well, in his mind, that shows you somebody who has character in class. Mm-hmm. And I think in a mm-hmm. lot of ways that's true. Well, there's actually, there's also, there's a David Wilcox song, and it's called Run. And it basically says, if you go to a restaurant with a guy, and he's mean to the waiter, because the service is slow, right? 
run because that's the way <clears throat> that's the way he's going to treat you. Mm -hmm. give, him the give him the chance. Mm-hmm. And right. and uh, Wilcox is right. I mean, you know, if that's the way the waiter gets treated, then that shows you how he will treat you if 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 the situation is right. Yeah. And so I agree. And I forget if it was. Um, can't remember the name of the guy that that died. He was a um, his name was Randy something, Randy Posh or something like that. Uh, he died of uh, pancreatic cancer a few years ago, oh. and uh, he got very famous before he died. And one of the things he said was, "Don't listen to what don't listen to what people say. Look at what they do." Mm -hmm. And so often we don't look at what they do. We listen to what they say. And what they say is all glowing and wonderful, and what they do is not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we yes, we need to uh, we need to, to to do all of that and figure out well if, if you know how do they yes. act in under pressure? Yes, I have a collection of quotes that I pull out periodically, and I just love them. Sometimes I put them in notes that I'm sending out to people and say, you know, here's your check, thanks a bunch, you know, you had a really nice, and I'll put a little saying on the top. And one of them, please forgive me, I can't remember off the top of my head who said it. The quote is, people might not remember what you say, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah, that's right. That's and I just love that. I thought that was spectacular. Yeah, that's very true. And 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 good or bad, you are correct. They will always remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. My, my every every place I go with my dad, and I'm talking about restaurants or uh, grocery stores, anything. All the people who serve us, they love my dad because he treats them so well. He'll call by their first name. He'll have a conversation. He'll, you know, it, it was just mm -hmm. if there's and. They just, you know, they just love, people love to be um, treated treated as a human being rather than just a, a servant uh, just doing a task. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think, and I think, I think that, that that's one of the things that we, that we gave up uh, for a more efficient society not realizing what a valuable thing we had lost until it was after, until after it was gone in most cases. Well, I think that's why so many people are moaning the loss of the mom and pop shop. Yes. Well, they you knew the owners, you knew the fam with the family run business, so you knew that. Now, with the box stories, you don't necessarily have that feel about it. Yes, that's, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. That's very much, you know, that that personalized service. Yeah is, uh, you know, uh, certain certain people don't believe that personalized is necessary, but depending on what you're doing, it most certainly is and should be. And so mm -hmm. I think you're right. Mm. His name was Carl Buchner. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Carl Buchner, B-U-E-C-H-N-E-R. And I have tried over time to find information about him, and there is pitiful little out there. Hmm. Really, really a shame. A person who, and a, a philosopher, he, he yeah. was a philosopher. So, 
<laughs> when you when you're a philosopher, people are supposed to have things to remember you by, and this is the one of two that I was able to find. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. No, that's very true. Are you ready? Yes. And oh, by the way, it seems to me that I saw last night because I was looking, I was I was taking stuff off my hard drive. Rat row. And I think one of them was. Um, uh, uh, Half Gun Will Travel, and it seems to me that one of them was was with Ben Wright. As, and in an audition, hmm. In an audition, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Find it for me. Please, 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 please. <laughs> it, it was in a, in a place that was most unlikely, and I know he filled in on uh, Sherlock Holmes, but golly, gee whiz, I'm going to have to go through my file again. Oh, help me! Help me! Yeah, yeah. I I will look at the at the two because I have two sets of yeah. and will travel, and it seems to me that that one of them indeed had. Uh, but I and I will I will look. And then you have to listen to it and make sure that it really is Ben. Yes, I will do that. And then you and then you can send it to me. Yeah. And and stuff like that there. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's, okay. that's what I will do. All right. Well. I, are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. I heard a click, and usually when I hear a no, click, I'm, a, I'm about to disappear. No, no, you haven't disappeared yet. Not yet. I'm working on it. Are I just kind of vaporize. Are yeah, you I'm still here. There? You're, you're Are, uh, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a hard one. I asked it last week, and people didn't know. Who was the honorary mayor of Van Nuys? Mm, uh, not Johnny Grant. Not Johnny Grant. Okay. All right. Who were Oscar Levan, Franklin P. Adams, and John Kieran? The people. They're the panel on information, please. Excellent. Excellent. My favorite people. Gosh, they were so good together. I like my answer, really too. Were. Yes, yeah. Well, you're right, Walden. Okay. okay. It's, it's, like, it's like a kid who answers a question on a test who discovered America or about, um, tell me about America's discovery. And he writes, America was discovered, as, a, as opposed to, you know, tell me about the history of America. I can't remember that Christopher Columbus is credited with it, but he remembers it was, it was discovered. discovered. Yeah. You're a hoot. You're a hoot. Okay. What do we need to put in your collection? Uh, no, I don't know, but... Um I, you know, I, I, I don't really know this week. I uh, don't have anything new that I'm that I'm really looking for. Okay, so I'll I'll put in IOU. Yep, that sounds good. I can do that. I can do that, and I did find ooh ooh ooh, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I did find something new in the theater department. Oh, good. That's always that's always good news. That's always good news. Yeah. And oh, one thing I did find. And I will ask you about it. I found a collection, and it's actually called Jewish Stories Collection, narrated, not narrated, but hosted by Leonard Nimoy. It's a group of stories, oh gosh, I would say yeah, at least a they, dozen. Maybe. They were done hmm? for, they were done, I heard, I've heard a couple of them, they were done for NPR. They were done for NPR, yes. And I do have a collection of them if you would like them. Yes, I would love those. I heard a couple. I know I've heard a couple of them, but I don't think I heard them all. And yes, there's a, 
it seems to me there's Hanukkah stories in there and stuff, and yeah, they're good stories, as I as I remember. Uh-huh. I only listened to a couple of them, but they are really cool. The couple I listened to were narrated. They weren't acted out, and Walden, if you want these, just yell at me. Now that you're filling up my apartment with CDs, I can help fill yours up as well. But they were narrated stories. They are stories written by Jewish authors, and all of them have culture and history. There's something rich and decidedly unique to the Jewish community and the Yiddish communities. And um, because they're narrated, it's like somebody reading the story to you, just as if you were reading the story in front of you. So I just love them. I I thought they were really cool, so I'm happy to share them. Yeah, those. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, like I said, I I haven't heard them all, and and would like to. So yeah, that's nice. You mean you got okay. you got boxes of mine in your apartment, Patricia? <laughs> boxes all over the place. I look. I'm telling you, I look like a fulfillment house here. Like I should be sending out boxes or having UPS. Stop by and clear out my living room. It's unreal. I'm going to have to move stuff back into the other computer room. Uh, okay, well, I will do that, Kurt. And gosh, I'd, I'm really sorry about that. Well, I know, and, and you know, keep us in our prayer, in your oh. prayers, and and uh, and uh, you know, we'll we'll be uh, sojourning along, and we'll yeah. be in touch and keep you posted, and keep up the good work on the show. I mean, as always, it's it's interesting and um, and worthwhile. Thank you. So, you know, we, we appreciate what you do. Oh, thank you. That's really neat. Thank you for saying that. So I shall be talking to you. You shall okay. be talking. Okay, talk to you later. All right. Stay safe. Bye. 714-545-2071, a Patricia hotline number. My hotline number. That's right. Well, I, I, have to, I have to get some income tax information in here because our radio show, can I do that? Yes. Are, did you yes. want to say something? No, I, was, I, I wasn't going to be allowed to say anything, so go right No, ahead. I mean, I run over you every week. You poor guy. I, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to convince yourself or the rest of the world or, or what? I'm just trying to create an absurd comment to see anybody notice it. That's all. Some absurd stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've got income tax trivia, but I've got 1941 information that is fun for me because our show for tonight, Fibber Show, he's drafted, is from 1941. So what I came across is a chart of the normal tax and surtax on individuals for 1941. So everybody started out at a basic 4% tax rate. That sounds pretty cool. I like that. You like that. But then then we get to what they call the surtax. That changed from year to year. So we started out with the 4% and everybody was happy and then they added the rest of this stuff. And they did it according to income. And I'm I'm guessing that it's taxable taxable assets as opposed to actual you know, gross income, it, it would be your net and stuff like that there. So here I've got for $2,000 a year, this is 1941, I should have pulled up my little doodad, I have it somewhere, 
you know, the dollar converter. Right. It's like $2,000 a year. Now, if you, if you earned nothing, you got charged a 10% rate. Is that good? Not bad. I, I think what they probably meant was somewhere between zero and 2,000, but honestly, that's not what the chart says. It just has a zero there. So I'm guessing it's between zero and $1,999 was 10%. Then we go 2,013%, 4,000, and it goes up in $2,000 increments until we get to 22, 24, okay, 26. $26,000 was taxed at 51%. I have to say that that's got to be taxable income. I'm sure it is because they did talk about deductions for, you know, the, the individual deductions was $1,500 per person, and then it went to 600 I don't know when it went to 600 But anyway, okay, so now we're up to 32,054%. 100,000, 69%. And this is in 1941. If you got to $2 million, you were taxed at 80%, and $5 million was 81%. They didn't do anything over 81%. I remember you talking and, and Dusty Rogers talking about the rate that Roy and Dale were paying at one time. What was yeah, it, 91%, it, you it, said? It, in the, in the mid-50s, it got up to 95%. 95%. And it was well on its way. I mean, 1941, $5 million, 81%. Shoo! You, you were better off oh. staying at the bottom. Also, um, who else got really slaughtered during the war were the British citizens. Oh, uh, my gosh, especially yes. If they were living in America, like Ronald Coleman or whatever. They got double hit, double taxation, both for the mm -hmm. British and American. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that that was our tax rate for 1941. Not bad. And it surprised me mm -hmm. that it was as high as it was. Right, right. Because 1941, Revenue Act of 1941, I don't know when that went through. It couldn't have been, I mean, it was December 1941 when we got suckered in, or sucked into, not suckered, sucked into the war. I mean, right. it was like a vacuum. Right. Shoom, we were in. Right. Um. So the Revenue Act of 1941 passed sometime before we were in the war. So these were pre-war taxes. They certainly couldn't have changed for the better after the war started. I mean, after our involvement in the war. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so that's, that's my 1941 stuff, but I really do have some income tax trivia. Because in case anyone has missed it, or hasn't checked the calendar, Monday is April 15th. Well, that doesn't mean anything to anybody, does it? Well, it means to people who have to put pieces of paper in the mail to the government. Like me. Well, isn't the government just mailing everybody back something in the mail? No, no. Bothering. You, have, you have to have paid something in <laughs> in order to get something back. And you have to have paid in too much in order to get something back. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I don't mean, know. Look, I think on Sunday... <laughs> look, he says. Now, just look. Now, just <laughs> look. Yeah. On Sunday, if I think you could write... You could have... You could write a note to the government saying, I just don't quite... 
feel like going to the post office on Monday. <laughs> or, these are the areas I would like you to spend it in. <laughs> There are a couple of people who have done that over time. You know, one people who do really silly stuff, like write a check on their shirts type thing. And so just write my own uh, a, new, uh, a note that excuse you from going to the post office on Monday and send that in. Yes, yes. She has an incurable disease. <laughs> <laughs> She's not allowed out the door. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I do have some income tax trivia. Drum roll, please. If you steal something, it technically counts as income and is taxable. <laughs> now, I don't know wait what's right, buddy. So I know, it, I know. Wait a minute. So if they, yeah. if they municipal bonds, uh-huh. which is, you know, tax fee, federal and state, and you stole that, why should you be taxed on that? Well, according to this, no matter what you steal, it's technically counted as income. Now, I'm not sure I could find someone who filed an income tax that says something like, I stole a car last, last month, my, yeah, my, and I know down, I have my to claim pro- it as... Yeah, my, prof- my, pers- my, uh, my occupation is professional thief. There, there, yeah. right. Yeah. Right, yeah. and this is this is my list of of yeah. takings this year. <laughs> I don't know. What a stupid rule. All right. Uh, here's a question for you. There are six states that do not have personal individual income tax. Do you know which ones they are? Um, I thought there were more than six, but according to these folks... Okay, now that's different from states that don't have a sales tax. That's correct. Yeah. This or, is individual, or, or, or individual income state, tax. State income tax. Oh, Nevada's one. Yes. How did you know that? Yeah, well, those of us who live out here in the West, you always think about You know, You know, <laughs> you you know where about, to hide. Yeah. Texas? Uh, yes. Um, one of the Dakotas, I think it's... What's Boy, that? are you good. What's, what's that? Let's try North Dakota. It's, one it's South them. Dakota, it's but South. I'll take it. And All those, right. Those are the three I can think of. Hello, Carl. Can you come up with any more? Well, let's see. Which one? Now, now are we talking about the six state? No income tax? Yeah. Six no income tax. Income taxes. So we got, Dan, we got Nevada, South Dakota, and Texas. So three more to go. Okay, how about the other T's uh, for Texas, T's for Tennessee? How about nope. Tennessee? Uh, Not Tennessee. Well, what about Florida? Florida's one of them. Okay, that's why my uncle moved to Florida, partly. Um, okay, four down and two to go. Um, I think in the Northeast, maybe like Delaware? Nope. One is a done deal, and I should have figured this one out myself. Is it a northern state? I'm not going to give any Ooh. hints. Walden is Walden is the hint factory. I'm not. I, I dig in. I love my family. That's why I help them out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Would it be Alaska? It is Alaska. That was the gimme. I mean, they get <clears throat> they get annual checks because of the pipeline. Right. Um, you know, they they've just got tax 
and well, you know what, monetary other, benefits up there that we don't have in you know, other places. You know what the oh, then I bet if, if that qualifies, I think the other one would be Wyoming. No, okay, Wyoming. It's Washington. It's the state of Washington. What were you going to say about Wyoming? Wyoming so wealthy. That's that's another one uh, because um, because of the oil and gas pumping in there. Mm -hmm. You know. It's the state of Washington. Wow. That's a surprise for yeah. me. Now, it says Washington. I hope they don't mean Washington, D.C. I, I mean, the District right. of Columbia isn't a state, so that wouldn't count. Washington. Uh, it says Washington. So, hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine. I hope you're really paying attention because I think next next week you may just be having the Patricia show. What? Well, when the feds come after Walden. Oh, well, the feds might come after Patricia, too, and then what? Wait a minute. Why? Well, Walden, what are you not going to do, or what are you going to do? I don't know. What Dan got me red-handed for something I don't remember. What What am, what am I caught for, Dan? Uh, it sounded like you weren't going to send any papers in. Come. Oh, no. I was recommending Patricia writing a... a, a Excuse absent. I, I'm, I'm yeah, it's like please excuse Patricia from gym yeah. class today. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Now maybe I'll be maybe I will be shown a slam because I'm giving interesting legal advice. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I'm <laughs> more legal advice, one or the other. I don't think you can have both. Which one would you like, legal advice or something interesting? Oh boy, sounds like H and R crap. <laughs> uh, I'm interested. Walden will give you both. I'm interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're a very interesting rabbit. So what's now, been happening in your? A, mm -hmm? I just have a screwy thing, everybody. Just one. Yeah. If okay. you live, if you live in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're not paying state income taxes. You don't live in a state. Correct. So I wonder if their city, I wonder if their city actually levy a city income tax. There is a whole weird system of taxation in Washington, D.C., and I picked through it one night. Do you remember when? No. We, we were talking about a day off. The government had a day off mm -hmm. that neither one of us recognized. Right. Right, I think it's uh, Emancipation Day or something like that. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, are you cool? All right, Dan, keep talking. I'm going to look up Emancipation Day. Emancipation Day. I take yeah. it. That sounds like a really good day. But it's a day that Washington D.C. people Recognize. get off, but we don't. And here come the notes. All right, let's see. Well, I know they've been talking about maybe making uh, the District of Columbia a state, but, you know, just like uh, Guam and... You know, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. That's a good question. Who is going to be the 51st state of the United States? Uh, my guess has always been Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, I think they've been pushing it, and they've also been talking about Guam, you know, becoming yeah, a state. Guam. But, uh, I, I just... I don't know. I, I mean, I really, I, I don't know if we're ever going to have another state. Makes you wonder. But, it makes you wonder 
Uh, I don't think there was a lot of support even back in the 50s for uh, Hawaii and Alaska. Alaska and Hawaii, you know. Well, I, I think people were just couldn't believe, you know, 48 states, that's, that's plenty right there. Yeah, I, I wonder also because we're all configured together, so when you went to Alaska and Hawaii because they don't join anywhere, that was definitely an oddball. You know... You ever, if you want to see something interesting, mm -hmm. and I just watched these a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, pull up the old uh, What's My Line on YouTube and pull up um, the uh, the governors of Alaska and Hawaii. Wow, During okay. that time, you know, during like 58 or yep. 59, yep. they were really pushing for statehood at that point. And, you know, they went into the, just a little bit of detail about, you know, the push for statehood back then. Did, I wonder those two went in and, and lobbied together. I think the fellow from Alaska really made the push for statehood, and then uh, the fellow from the, the governor of Hawaii, I think, then, you know, really came on hotels of the uh, Alaska statehood. I think that's the way it worked. But they were, you know, I don't know if you remember how What's my line work, but you yeah. know, they were talking about, you know, well, are you a leader of, you know, a industry or whatever, and, you know, it really got into some fine points there about, okay, now you're a U.S. territory, but you're not a state, and, you know, it really got right. into, it's really eye-opening how they considered themselves for statehood. Patricia, you going to say something there? No. I'm looking at Emancipation Day, and all I have in my notes is about the holiday. Hmm. So, um, Dan, as long as you're collecting homework assignments, <laughs> 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 we can give you a homework assignment about the status of, of it. there was an awful wrangle, and it goes on and on. Did they finally get a senator or a congressman in Washington, D.C.? No, they don't have a I senator. I don't believe so, no. Uh, they didn't. They, 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 all, they got, and I don't think they even have a common, but they do have three electoral votes in the okay. presidential race. That sounds right. I, I don't think they have a, any voting in the, in the House. How much area does the District of Columbia cover? I mean, is it... Oh, it's not very much. We did that one, too. It, yeah. it was um, a donation from... Or, actually, they swiped it, 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 it from me... Maryland and Delaware, and then they gave back what was Delaware's, and three, they kept Maryland? Is it five square miles or something like that? All right, let's see. Geography. Five and history. So there's no portion of uh, Virginia that's in that district of Columbia. Well, there's no portion of anything because it's independent now. D.C. Land. I remember looking once at, like, the Georgetown area. I yeah. thought mm -hmm. of Virginia. I thought it was part of the district of Columbia. Uh, well, it, Georgetown is part of D.C. because I stayed there. When I was at the Boy Scout National Jamboree, what they did, they had a bunk at on the university campus, I see. and that was right in Washington D.C. 
1776 and 1800, Congress met in several locations. Finally, okay, finally on July 16, 1790, Congress passed a law that permitted George Washington to select a location, he was president then, for a national capital along the Potomac River and to appoint three commissioners to oversee its development. Washington selected a 10-square-mile area of land from property in Maryland and Virginia that lay on both sides of the Potomac. In 1846, land formerly belonging to Virginia was returned to that state. So they kept Maryland, and they gave back Virginia, and that meant how many square miles do we have now? You two keep talking. I'm looking. I'm doing dance homework. It's okay. Dan, Don't worry Dan, about me. Dan, I'll be fine. Dan's gonna bake you some brownies and send it to you. So, how is DC different? Um, okay, they pay local taxes and federal taxes, and local is local. I mean, it's like my county has local taxes. Uh, they do not get the privilege of representation and independence that the states have. Unlike states, Washington, D.C. receives, unlike the states, when D.C. receives federal funding, the funding comes with directives on how the money should be spent. Whew. Isn't that That's ironic, not. considering the nation was founded on, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. no taxation without re representation? Mm-hmm. I think Washington, D.C., I think, is one of the highest per capita income in the whole United States because you have all the lobbyists living there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, square miles. Um, D.C. is no longer 10 miles square. Alexandria County, which is now... Arlington County was retroceded. Do you like that word? Retroceded to Virginia. Well, we already know that they gave they gave away stuff. I, I did not know that was even a word. Retroceded. Hmm. Well, I guess if you cede property, oh, I see what they mean. If you cede property, you're giving it away. Uh, you know, you're releasing it. Right. But if you retrocede it, that means you antedate it. If you make the law in 1800 and you retrocede it, it becomes effective in 1780. You know, you, you go backwards in the date, which is dumb, but you do. Okay, the federal district lost one-third of its total area. Merchants in Alexandria have expected to gain commercial benefits from being associated with the national capital. But the city quickly stagnated with disputes over the canal in competition with the port of Georgetown. Hmm, how about that? Well, that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm so glad everybody's all excited about this. It's surprising the citizens didn't uh, have more of a, you know, more of a debate or more, I'm sure, I'm surprised they didn't have more of an uprising. Uprising uh, in what sense? They were, they were, you know, basically, the, you know, the people of D.C., I guess, they 
at once were represented and then they were not. You know, they were just their little old island out there and they aren't being represent, represented, you know. I'm, I don't think they were ever represented. Well, I, I mean, they were at one point because they were part portions of states and then they... Oh, I see what you mean. I'm so sorry. Yeah, they appropriated land. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> would you call that eminent domain? I mean, when the yep. president walks in and says, I'll take five acres from here and or five square miles from there, yeah. um, uh, I don't know. This is eminent do domain. Yeah. And the Potomac River, I don't know what kind of development was along the Potomac River in the late 1700s, and that might have been. A determining factor. I believe it was quite uh, swampy and marshy. On, on, well, on the Potomac, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Uh -huh. So if, if we're a lot of marshlands, people wouldn't likely be living there. That's probably true. That's probably why that why it was allowed. Uh, in fact, I think I've heard that too. You know, it was just yeah. you know, a horrible area that no one really cared. Well, that'll work. That okay. Work. Well, we've had our history lesson for today, boys and girls. Kind of like Florida. Yeah. What about it? Well, you know, it's real, real marshy, real swampy from what I hear. What? That's what I hear. It's real swampy and marshy. Well, talk, talk to Mickey Mouse. He doesn't think so. <laughs> they actually did I, take over pretty um, a pretty massive parcel of wetlands up there. We don't call them swamps; we call them wetlands. Oh my goodness! Well, you know, wetlands. technically, when when you get a um, a, a oh dear a, a seasonal a seasonal pond, what they call a seasonal pond, you'll get things like cypress trees. And in the wintertime, it's dry. And then when the rains come, you get a freshwater sheet, uh, or yeah, freshwater sheet of water that just kind of oozes toward the Everglades. And so it truly does become a wetland, but it's part of the normal ecology. It's not a swamp where you go slogging through mud and muck. It's truly a wetland. Now, not everything is a wetland. I mean, there really are some mucky places. If the federal government has its way, it wants everything to be a wetland. Because I know back on the farm, they tried to say part of our farm was a wetland, and we were at 800 feet above sea level. All right. Somebody forgot to go to school, huh? Something like that. Or they, they, they missed vertical construction day in geometry class. Oh, they can, you know, dictate on what you can put on your land and what oh, sure. you can with your land, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you know, they were trying to say that part of our land was, uh, you know, in, a, in that, you know, it was part of a wetland, and it's kinda, yeah. Well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, not at eight hundred feet. Nope. You, you are quite correct. Well, we're talking tonight about courtesies and etiquette and stuff like that there. 
What don't we have anymore? What don't we have anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see now. Um, I heard you mention, you know, about men removing their hats, and that was mm-hmm. a good one. And uh, I know you've mentioned in the past that, you know, you you enjoy having a door held for you. Correct. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm trying to think to what also, you, you know, just common courtesy of, um, you know, one thing I really enjoy, you know, kind of being a bachelor, when I'm at a checkout line, you know, and I have like three items, and then, you know, there's a, you know, someone, you know, with a whole cart full of food, you know. Uh, I, I think it happens here more often than other places, you know. People will, will, you know, let you go in front of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's nice. Well, you probably have that same curse that you, you enjoy that when you're shopping, you know. You have, yeah, I, I do. I give it away because uh, I usually have enough items in my basket that somebody behind me would have to wait. And gosh, if they've only got two or three items, indeed. Now, the only time I get caught with something like that is if they've already started to ring up my order. You can't be polite and say, okay, stop. <laughs> I'll pay you for what you've got and let these people go ahead. May I but, ask an interesting question here? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What do you think yeah. common, common courtesy? How do we start the tradition of going into a library and you have to speak nothing above, above a whisper? Well, it's because people concentrate and they're reading material and they're easily intruded on. You know, if I'm reading a book or studying, I don't want somebody to be having a conversation behind me. But I'm just thinking, when did I actually start? Did I start from the back in Benjamin Franklin's Oh, I see, I'm so sorry. I misunderstood. You know, Franklin, you know, he he was involved in libraries. Right. So, he, you know, he was yeah. the founder. So that's why I'm wondering, did it start back then? Or was that common courtesy started later at a different t- time period in our history? And a courtesy that isn't very often observed any longer, I noticed. Really? Yeah. I mean, you sit there and just shout in front of the library and nobody pays attention? Everyone I've been in this year, yep. Well, Patricia has never been in my library, I'll tell you Well, that. thank you. I'm so pleased <laughs> to hear that. Seriously, you you monitor, or, or people understand when they go in, that there are yeah, we, certain, pro, there's a protocol for library behavior. That's right. We, we tell people, you know, if the uh, cell phone rings, you know, and if we're, Nearby, we'll say, you know, step out to the stairwell or step outside, you know. You know, and I don't, you know, we, we do it within reason, you know, if you're very quietly. If, you, if you're if you not, you know, being, you know. You just point a gun at them, right? You know, you know, if it's a short, you know, yes, no, click, you know. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we, we don't make more drama out of the situation than what, what's necessary, you know, and. Do do, li- yeah. do, li- uh, do librarians pr- uh, work on the dirty work if that's how they get things to get done? Oh, you know, we kind of use silent, you know, uh, you know, directional, you know, messages, you know. Making eye contact makes a big difference. And, of course, you have some people who you make eye contact and they are clueless. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, look at... 
<laughs> Looking into the vacancy, you're in Star Trek, and there's nothing there. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard someone, you know, like uh, they'll be talking going on, and I'll look up, make eye contact, and I'll point to the exit sign, you know, or whatever, and you know, and yet they know that they they've done wrong. A lot of times, people will, you know, forget where they are, and they will uh, they'll be reminded, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, I'll just go over and say, "Hey, you know, we can get you over here. Can you step out for a minute or whatever? Or can you, can you?" you know, a lot of times, it's just a matter of saying, "You know, your voice carries quite a ways. You know, could you tone it down a little bit?" Or, or you, we have, you know, study rooms. I'll say, I'll go over and I'll suggest, you know, we have a room up here that's empty. If you want to step in and, you know, conduct your. You know, mm hmm business, you know, if you're, if they're like, you know, studying, you know, with uh, oh. people, you know, I'll suggest, hey, sure. turn back you're so back. polite, you don't, you don't do the hey you routine, you're very nice, thank you, that's right, that's you just say hey you, get out of here, or hey you, hush up, hush up, yes, hey you, you know, hey you, that kind of an approach um, is another thing hey that you, has intruded, hush up, you know, that, that, that part of vocabulary? Hey, you. And not even excuse me or hello, could I talk to you for a minute? It's hey, you. Hey. Or hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah. What you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. So. Hey, bud, come here. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That, hey, get over here. Sure. Sure, that, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff, that's good, that's good. Okay, you have a favorite income tax day quote? Give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> Patrick Henry loves you, <laughs> loves you, loves you, loves you. Let me see. Oscar Wilde, Oscar Wilde, the, the comedic writer and funny pun person. Yes. He says, rich bachelors should be heavily taxed. It's not fair that some men should be happier than others. Hey, I can't afford a wife as it is. Well, but that's what he's saying. If you're, if you're a rich bachelor, you're in the happy zone. You ought to pay more. I can barely afford to answer mama, let alone anyone else. <laughs> oh, we're back to pancakes. I don't like pancakes. I like waffles, though. That thought occurred to me this week. I like waffles, but I don't like pancakes. Go oh, figure. Waffles are nothing more than old pancakes. <laughs> I know, but they're 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 kind of crispy. Wait a minute, but, but don't they have lumps? No, they don't have lumps. They have holes. And they have divots. And yeah, they yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have so, little golfers running around the course. So, yeah. Okay. So what do you fill up the whole, little holes with? Oh, syrup. Well, unless you're... See, now, you fill, it, you fill them up. When you have a waffle, you've got something to hold on to the syrup. When you have a pancake, it just falls off. There's nothing better than a frozen waffle for a teething baby because they have natural drill cups right there. What a wonderful idea. Hey, oh, hey. poor baby. The ice cold would feel so good. Absolutely, and it, you know, it just gnawing on it, and you know, the drill being caught, you know, in the, in the little pockets of the waffle. Mm-hmm. 
boy, you're not married and already you're a good daddy. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm just ready. You know, just gotta find the, gotta find the right lady. Yeah. All right. Well, no, no, wait been... a minute. What, what about kicking a waffle? Yes. I'm 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 on getting him married. Never mind the waffle. Well. All right. Go I'm ahead. Walk, I'm walking on. I, he had to cover the basics. You know that. Okay. No woman. Had, no woman's gonna. <laughs> Until he gets the waffle thing figured Until out. Until he gets the waffles right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what was the question now that I have sufficiently interrupted you that you probably forgot it? There was a question? You know what? There was in there somewhere. Somewhere in there. All right. Now, is it, is it okay, Patricia? Sure. To have a strawberry waffle with whipped cream from strawberry right? than mm, No. 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 Why? Well, there, there are blueberry muffles, muffins. Are there waffles? There are blueberry muffins. There are blueberry waffles. 